0: The, no. youthscape. The, youthscape. The, youthscape. the Youthscape Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to a very special Youthscape Podcast, not from the Towers in Luton. Where are we, Martin?
0: Uh, hello, Rachel Gardner. I'm Martin Saunders and we are very chilled because we're, we're gazing out to sea together. We are. On a, a, little, a little patio thing in, uh, in Northern Ireland, in Glenarm.
1: Actually, I can hear the difference in our voice. Can you? I can. Like we've,
0: we've relaxed. We've
1: actually relaxed a little bit. We are So just to set the scene, lovely friends, we're at something called Summer Madness, which is the most gorgeous youth festival on the north coast of Northern Ireland. And we are in, in a and b Well, I'm staying in the B&B. You've flown over for the day. I'm an interloper. You're an interloper. We've allowed you in. We've given you a wristband. Um, and we just sat here in the afternoon after seminars, just gazing out at the sea, which is beautiful, yeah. isn't People it?
0: People are shocked that you don't stay in a tent These things, (laughs) obviously, we've mentioned this before. Well,
1: I've discovered that actually very few of the teams stay in a tent here, so this is the one festival that I don't feel guilty about. Okay, very good. There's lots of people that don't stay. So
0: they are. Special mention for a man who actually I think stays in a caravan. He does. um, John Key. Yes. Who is just a legend of uh, youth ministry in Ireland. But he's um, a
1: high. He's a legend in a high vis jacket. He is. I Mm. just
0: I love whenever you see John. So John is like the man who puts together Summer Madness and has done for. One hundred and eight yeah, years I or think something
1: exactly that, yeah.
0: and uh, but what 's great about him is you always see him like carrying a pole around yes. or a, or a, a box of drinks for somebody or or who's giving someone getting someone breakfast or something he is a, he's he 's a guy who leads he 's clearly the leader, but he seems to lead from that position of, of service mm-hmm. in a way that he probably doesn 't get any credit for because true servant leaders don 't get any mm-hmm. credit um, and he 's done amazing things with this um, this event which is a sort of uh, summer festival for young people um, here in, in Northern Ireland and um, there's a couple of thousand young people mm. on site um, this weekend they've all had to sit through what, two, three of your talks? Yes,
1: they have blessed their hearts they should get medals for that yeah. and they do come from across a wide breadth of church in Northern Ireland and from Ireland as well. So there'll be young people from the Catholic churches here. There are young people from Italy that have come across specifically for this festival. So there's it's something really special here, isn't it? There's and I think what I love the the few years I've come to Summer Madness is the topics for discussion They'll do the sort of the the stuff that you expect at a youth festival. They'll also have politicians pop in and do stuff around politics. Like it's a really interesting festival that tries to hold, hold a space for young people to talk about all the things in life that matter to Jesus. Mm. And I like, I think, yeah, they do a really good job here.
0: So we love them. That's yes. that's what we wanted that's to what say. We're this is yeah. a very um, odd and different episode of the Youthscape podcast because not only are we coming to you from. Uh, the north coast of Northern Ireland. Right, the sun Ireland. is
1: actually shining right now.
0: Beautiful. Mm. Uh, it's got to a sort of heady 15 or 16 degrees out here, which is boiling uh, for this part of the world. Uh, not only that, but um, but we have a disappointing special guest.
1: No! Right, we're going to scrap that and we're going to start again. No. Because we don't introduce any of our guests as that. We but this one really, I'm special. allowed to.
0: I'm allowed to say disappointing.
1: He'll oh, never come back on again, though. If you say that, he'll listen to this back. And he, he won't, won't listen to this. On.
0: I bet you £5...
1: Okay, I'll Hang run. on a minute. Yeah, no, you're I've right. made
0: right. I've made that mistake before.
1: <laughs> so, friends, our very special guest is a good friend of mine, and his name is... Martin Saunders, otherwise known as Sue Perkins, but for the sake of this, (laughs) that
0: was a cheap time to pull that out. It was,
1: it was. Martin, you are the guest on this podcast, which I know that although you're laughing and smiling, your body language now you're like a little kind of clenched shell. Did you
0: see that? You all all kind of gone. It all went inwards. (laughs) It
1: all went inwards. (laughs) It's just your face. You're hating this. You are absolutely hating this. But I'm insisting that that we do this because. Because you have a new book that actually has been launched today. Yes. Because the summer holidays are much earlier in Northern Ireland. So we've said to your publishers, you've got to get the book out! Yeah. Really early so that these young people in Northern Ireland can get hold of a copy. And a few of them have.
0: Yeah. So, well, I (laughs) I know where you're going. So we... um, (laughs) Because there's there's an interview with me in the minute. So it's it's going to be very very hard to tell where the different segments of this podcast begin and end. And if you are somebody who really listens for the interviews... (laughs) And doesn't care much for me and Rachel. This is a hard this old listener. You are quite... You are absolved at this point. If you just want to come this back next so week, true. that's fine. But we've just come back from a couple of things. Um, and we'll t- what Should we talk about them after the interview? Should we talk I, about them after the interview? I
1: think we could dine out on these for a very long
0: time. We did. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, <laughs> uh, okay, we'll do it after the interview. There's an interview now. with me now. It's going to be a bit weird because um, I'm going to introduce Rachel who's then gonna be speaking to me. So okay. this, is, this is this week's guest. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's me. Over to Rachel.
1: The Youthscape podcast? I'm delighted to be joined today by author, broadcaster, writer, friend, man of the moment friend of Jesus, Martin Saunders. Thank you for joining me today, Martin. Thank you
0: so much for having me on your podcast, Rachel.
1: It took ages to uh, get a time with you. I had to get through layer after layer of... uh HR and PR. I surround myself
0: with these UTR, people.
1: URT and HRT, <laughs> <laughs> many layers. So thank you so much for giving us your time. Can you try to tell us where we are? Because we're sat in your studio, aren't we? Yeah, we, we
0: are um, in my personal studio, <laughs> personal recording studio <laughs> at Youthscape. It looks very um, similar
1: to the podcast
0: you
1: used to do. Yes, it is. Oh Martin, I'm I'm loving this. I would like to extend just the awkwardness, but I'm going to cut to the chase.
0: Yeah, you said we should try and do this as if,
1: <laughs> if I, I was you. a guest
0: and we don't know each other.
1: <laughs> I should have brought you a gift. Normally I turn up like with little gifts. Oh, look, I've got a nappy. I've
0: got oh, a nappy in is my it handbag. an empty nappy? I've
1: got two hairbrushes, realising that I've brought my daughter's hairbrush and my, my dear husband has no hairbrush to brush our daughter's hair in the morning. Martin, this is about you, not about the contents Let's of my see, handbag. Let's see, shall we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this is really about me.
1: <laughs> because you're normally the one that makes sure the guest actually has yeah. some questions. And I, I head can't. Head I can't
0: today. To I can't. Unless I start... You'll know it's got really bad if I start asking myself questions.
1: You'll start sweating and shaking and being really awkward. Uh, Martin, you have a new book that is coming out. In fact, it might actually be out by the time Dear Friends Listen. Yes. Tell us about this book.
0: Yeah, so the, uh, well, the the genesis of the book came from lots of people (laughs) coming up to me on the Youthscape stand or at events and things and say, oh, uh, Rachel's books, great. We love Rachel's books for girls. Is there one for guys? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, there may be some good books for guys. There's definitely some out in the States. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying that no one for a while in this country has written a book aimed at young men from a Christian perspective. Uh, and so I thought, oh, do you know what? It might be worth trying to write that. And, uh, and actually, I have a teenage son, I'm also uh, a youth leader in a church, I may have mentioned that before, uh, you know, where I've got lots of young men who I get to mm. kind of meet and mentor and, and engage with in lots of ways. And as I started to think about this idea of like, what, what would it be like to just like, you know, the thought experiment of like, what, what would it yeah. be like to write a boy version of one of Rachel's books, I suddenly thought, oh, I'm actually really passionate about this, I can mm. really give myself to this. Um, and so, uh, so I kind of started to explore the idea. Spoke to a publisher, and here we are—the man you're made to be.
1: So we're going to ask—I'm going to ask you a little bit in a minute about some of the themes and some of the pitfalls around writing a book that you and no. I like, both talk about because actually writing for a specific gender is both liberating and completely like terrifying. Can, I, well well, as can we get
0: that out of the way? Well,
1: should we get that out of the way? Because I'm terrified. And I, and I remember when you first told me you were writing this, I was like, yes! And you were like, oh no, no, this is not yes. This is a nightmare. Yeah. For those that might not kind of tweak what that is, why is it so tough writing for for one gender?
0: Yeah, well, and particularly, I think, Mm. for men. For
1: men, why is that specifically? So,
0: I think there's lots of ideas now about what makes a bad man. (laughs) You know, there's lots of ideas around toxic masculinity, we hear that a lot. There's some awful stuff that guys have done and got away with because of this wider idea Mm. of patriarchy and historic... Uh, prejudices in favor of men that have have existed in our society so we we understand how we got there but the problem is we are a bit short of kind of positive visions of masculinity and what it means and so men uh, often identify as not being like that you know I'm not that kind of man not all men Mm. you know I'm not this kind of guy but but I kind of wanted to ask the question well what kind of guy are we then? like What mm. kind of guy is it, is it a good positive thing to mm. be? Um, and so that is a really tricky line to walk because there's lots of people who have very strong opinions on uh, gender mm. and particularly on what it means to be a man. There are people who theologically have opinions on what it means to be a man and the fact that you know there are lots of guys out there still who believe in male headship and, and, and a, a leading role for a man. There's lots of people out there who actually think men should be quiet these days and let the women catch up. There's uh, lots of people who think we should play with the idea of gender and what it means. Um, and so um, my, my, my worry, if I can confess to you, yeah, a, we are um, friends. Yeah. is that um, this is not a book that is going to be uh, perfectly suited for the kind of uh, radical feminist who wants me to say, you know, men essentially are evil and should apologize for everything. And it's not going to be a book. That would very
1: short book, wouldn't it? It would be okay. a, a short a short
0: <laughs> book. And <laughs> it's follow-up. it's not going to be a book that works for a guy who is tremendously into single sex ministry and uh, you know sort of men's breakfasts uh, and curry nights and 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 an and, exclusive and, space and, and that yeah, sort exactly. of stuff. I'm not sure this is going to going to work for that sort of uh, guy. And so um, so I'm trying to walk the middle ground between those two and in a polarized world that is a dangerous place to be (laughs) so yeah being really honest Mm. you know i i've tried to write something that's balanced balanced and fair and honest true to my story true to what Mm. i see jesus Mm. talk about and how jesus lived his life because the book spends a lot of time looking at jesus as a as a kind of male role model Mm. Um, but it is a middle ground between different Mm. polar views of what Mm. man means
1: and and I love it I love your book because I I think what you've been able to do is name things and put a full stop behind it without it having to be Jesus is only a male role model I Mm -hmm. believe Jesus Mm -hmm. is a female role model and you believe that too and I think and I think it's it's a great book because it doesn't keep tripping over itself saying Jesus a male role model oh I need a female role model too like yeah. actually you leave that hanging and you and I think because you're confident that because you know that to be true and your mm. book really is very broad and very rich and and very um, self aware I think when you do bring in pictures and, and ideas of how men can be men it is not at the expense of Taking it's not, not taking something from women.
0: Yeah, it's not
1: creating a space that only men occupy. So I think I think you have done that incredibly well. But let let's talk about the critics because you will. I mean, we all get critics, don't we? We all have friends in our lives who want to call us out and stuff and all the rest of it. So there will be the critique coming your way saying, actually, it's not about helping boys be better boys or better men. It's about helping them be better people, and it's not about helping girls be better girls. It's about helping you be better people. So yeah. how 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 would you come back to them? What? You've written a book for guys. Yeah,
0: guys are not growing up in this neutral space where no one's got a view on what a man is. Men are growing up being told, uh, you should be this kind of guy, or you should be that kind of guy, or, you shouldn't be this. And so the, the brilliant pun at the heart of the title is that, uh, that we are made to be lots of things as men, or culture tries to make us be certain types of men. And actually, we're made in the created God sense to be a different kind of man. And so, I mean, it's brilliant. I don't know how I came up with it. It, it, it must have taken weeks to get that <laughs> little play on words just right. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah, and some, so so, guys, um, it's not neutral. You know, guys are being told to behave a certain way. There's lots of messages about masculinity out there, from Love Island mm. to uh, Bear grills to, um, you know, the, the coloured toys that we get mm. when we're, you know, two years old. You can still, I think, get a blue version of... You know, the early learning center piano yep. and a pink version for the girls, yes. for the yeah. girls yeah. you know, which is which is crazy. And so we live in a culture which is full of these messages. And so so I think guys need a bit of help to decode that, because I, I've talked to this is based on real conversations with real young men. Um, and we should get on to what I mean by young men, because it's not just a book for teenagers. But um but but I've had conversations with, with real young men who've said, I just don't know what is expected of me. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to not be able to show my emotions, but I feel emotional. I feel like I have to look a certain way on Instagram. Like, so this is real. Like, it's so you can have that critique that we just have to teach people to people. But guys are genuinely in our youth groups and in our wider communities. Young men are saying,
1: I don't know what it means
0: anymore to be a young man.
1: And when that question is not answered, or the only answer is toxic masculinity, or a kind of a pseudo neutrality that doesn't really that leaves everybody hanging. What what is your hunch that happens in that space? then? it's because I think psychologically, when we're asking questions, I mean, it's not that we say, Oh, there's no answer. So we'll move on. We, yeah. we, we get the nearest answer that works. Don't yeah. we? So what, these guys that you're mentoring, and who've been saying to you, where's the book for guides? Mm, what what, mm. what are Christian young men doing with that, that, that mm. you are wanting to address yeah. in the book? What That's is in question. that centre ground that you're dealing with? So it's not the alpha male, and yeah. it's not the, you know, yeah, yeah. What, is, what is actually in there? So
0: I think there's there's a couple of things that happen simultaneously that are contradictory. One is that there are strong influences in everybody's life, whether you're a member of a gang or a member of a church, or a member of a family, or a, in a school ground, there's always going to be strong influences. And in, in when you're not, when you when you go neutral and you're looking to others to lead you, then you're going to be drawn to emulate those strong, or or, or potentially reject those strong influences. Um, so there's that that's sort of going on, and and, and I think um, you see boys see a gravitate towards a role model who's not particularly positive. And then it you know, doesn't need to be the most toxic version. of massive. I'm not suggesting boys with no compass just think I'm going to be Donald Trump. That doesn't happen. But they might look at you know, uh, sports stars or film stars or so on and think, oh, this, or YouTubers and think, "Oh well, this seems like a good male role model and they might kind of gravitate towards that. The other thing that happens, which is a sort of, um, I guess, a contradictory statement, is um, they don't know and so they just kind of don't define masculinity in any way and they, and so there becomes this sort of sense of identity crisis of like well uh, i don't know how i'm supposed to be and i'm worried that people are judging my motivations and the way i choose to live um and so uh so you have that kind of identity crisis going at the same time um yeah i i think probably all of this is generalization um, yeah so
1: is this the book that you wish you'd read when you were a teenage boy or do you think actually that life has moved on so much since you and I were teenagers yeah. that, that it, it is a very different book so what you know how, yeah. how how did you get into the mindset of this you work with young people mm. but but you're also a good few years into being a guy yeah. and working this stuff out and you're looking in hindsight how do yeah. you do that process
0: so the first thing to say is it's it's definitely not just a book for teenage boys fantastic so uh, I think I've, I've called it a book about growing up that's the subtitle of a book about growing up as a as a as a man and uh, and I've had some of the most positive comments I've had have been about from guys in their twenties and early thirties who've said, "Oh yeah, that's helped me think through." Particularly, the second half of the book is is more kind of issue based stuff, and it's helped people to think through what where they where they stand when it comes to their gender and certain certain issues. The other thing to say about the book is that um, there's an awful lot of me in it. It's not quite a. Um, Uh, sort of autobiography but there is a lot of me and it's very self-deprecating I I know you can't imagine that it's very (laughs) self-deprecating because I because knowing guys particularly British guys they don't want an expert they don't want someone saying in there you know writing a book saying I'm the hero be like me Mm -hmm. nobody identifies with that guy so I've tried to be really honest I've tried to be myself and I've tried to say look I found this an absolute mess growing up like I, um, I do wish that I'd had something to, to read as I was growing up as a, as a, a teenager, certainly. Um, and, and I had this identity, which was, de- you know, I had this um, uh, male identity, which was a little different to most of the people in my school and most people around me. So I went to a very academic, very driven sportsman, rugby playing school. And so uh, it said secondary school was a certain way and I didn't really fit mm-hmm. into that culture. Very well, and it took me a long time to realise that it was okay to be a fourteen-year-old boy who liked the music of Michael Bolton. And uh, I'm now not ashamed to say, <laughs> and indeed I cover it in some depth, that I used to spend my evenings uh, with, you know, looking out the back window in uh, in Chesington where I used to, where I grew up, not the zoo, and uh, looking out the back window with a can of Lynx Tempest oh! in my hand, and I would sing. Along to the songs of um, Michael Bolton. Liberation Do you remember the uh, Time, Love and Tenderness album? Yes. And uh, I'd sing along to that and uh, and I'd pretend that the back garden was Wembley Stadium. That was who I was as a young man. I was, uh, and I was, you know, into kind of geeky computer games. I was into Doctor Who. Um, I was into a bunch of stuff, which is somehow seen as like sub top standard man. Do you know what I mean? That's not a word, but you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if you really wanted to be a, when I was growing up, like there was a, there was a, a high value, you know, watermark for what it means to be a, to to be a man. You look like this, you work out, you're strong, uh, you know, you're, you're high flying, you're into sport, you're good at sport. Rachel, I am terrible at all sports.
1: I'm so bad at sport. I affirm you so much.
0: Like I wasn't that kind of guy. And so, uh, so, so I found it really hard to understand my identity and actually becoming a Christian really helped me, mm-hmm. age 14, understand what my identity was and where my identity was. Now having said all that, um, the book is not just for misfits. Mm-hmm. So I think it will connect with the misfit, but I also hope that mm-hmm. um, you know, any, any guy who wants to figure out what it means to be a positive expression of a man, mm-hmm. Um, we will we'll have plenty in there. Oh, I, th- I absolutely
1: think it will. I think because you're such a sharp writer that these are not sub-stories. So actually, you give us permission to laugh at you. And you're very funny. Like, lots of the stories are laugh-out-loud hilarious. People are going to love it when they read it. And I, w- I want to encourage women to read this as well. But I think because you're not you're not playing yourself a victim, you're simply saying there are these incons... There's this hypocrisy within masculinity. Like, yeah. actually, we, we, we all think it should be this, but none of us are living like that. And, and mm. so let's be real about what's going on. Um, I want to ask you about what, it, what it's like being an author of a lifestyle type book because I, I still think within Christian authorship the lifestyle books are still slightly put on the left of the shelf. Like they're, they're a little bit the ones that you go to when you've used up all your money on the big heavy tones of theology and the lifestyle ones are like to help iron out a few issues. Whereas when I read your book, I thought there's such great theology in here. Like it read like John Mark Comer some parts of it. And I mean, the, the look of the book, it's definitely not a book for kids. Like it looks strong, it looks beautiful, it looks brilliant. So I think it's going to be picked up by all ages, definitely. Um, but as, as you went through the process of writing a lifestyle book, how, mm. did, you, how did that discipline shape I mean were you consciously thinking I've got to get good theology in here or is that just coming out of you because mm. the way we deal with lifestyle stuff is by being theologians and yeah, practitioners. Yeah, I mean, how... good
0: yeah what yeah a good book? question uh, I've never really thought about it as a lifestyle book um I guess I was I was thinking about this as I would plan a, a talk uh yes. usually a talk yeah. for young people lasts about 15-20 minutes and obviously this took about six months to write so there's a very long talk um, but if I want to you know where where do I think the greatest source of wisdom comes from it's the teachings of Jesus is the Bible and so um, so it's natural to me to want to root some of this stuff in scripture and so so yeah this is kind of particularly the second half of the book takes uh, takes us through a number of kind of lifestyle issues uh, like friendship and like pornography and and sex and relationships and uh, mental health and stuff like that but in every single one I wanted to do some theology and some, some thinking about what did Jesus what does the life of Jesus teach us about these things um, and so uh, I think weirdly the chapter I'm most proud of in it is the, is the chapter on friendship the chapter on male friendship um, and I just became very passionate about this as I was writing and 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 I I sort of was you know, it's one of those things. Where I'm an external processor, so I was I was discovering what I thought about it as I was as I was writing. I was thinking, "Oh gosh, this is this is good stuff." Mm. I was enjoying reading it as I as I wrote it. Uh, I can't say that for the whole book, but uh, but this 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 chapter, I, I I think there is something really profound about tearing down some of the toxic ideas men have around friendship, and it is ingrained in all of us. And when we talk about a non-neutral space, growing up in a non-neutral space, young men grow up today in a a world where friendship equals banter Mm -hmm. and banter is tearing each other down so the way you make friends and maintain friendship with the people who are closest to you and you apparently care most about is by tearing into them tearing them down and this is a particularly british problem but i see it you know i mean it's definitely true in american high schools as well um but uh but you know how can that be like i look at the, yeah, okay, girls can sometimes be quite toxic in their friendships, but this is the foundation of male friendship. Is like, you know he's a good friend because you can take, uh, you, you make fun uh, of them and, uh, and, and, and he makes fun of you. And I've seen boys, I've sat with boys and said to them, do you like him, is he a friend of yours? And he goes, yeah, 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 I like him. How do you know you like him? Oh, because he's an idiot. Mm. And you're like, what, how does mm. that, how is that at 12? and then 16, and then eight, and then 25, Mm. and look, I'm 41, and still, I think about what friendship looks like between me and my friends when we get together, and we talk about grown-up stuff like family, and and stuff like that, and we might talk about subjects like football and films and things like that, but before long, you know, at some point, we'll get into banter, Mm. and it's who can make fun of the other and make everyone laugh at and that is deeply Mm. flawed and toxic and I think it's a root cause of a lot of other underlying issues Mm. like our mental health uh, epidemic with young men Mm. because guys actually don't know who to turn to because so many of us don't have that friend that we can ring up and Mm. think I really can't take another Mm. joke, another put down right now, can I ring someone?
1: And if this is the culture that is shaping the leaders of business, church, that actually that moves then into creating cultures within churches and wider society within families as much as it would if it was with women as well. But yes. actually you don't, you don't hit 21 and then go, oh, actually that's, that doesn't really work anymore. That becomes, as you say, a core part of how you relate, doesn't it? Yeah. And I suppose as well, again, here's you and I jumping between the, the realities that we want to face but also without affirming that reality. Mm. I, I can I can picture exactly that scene in my own youth group at our church, and what also happens, as an added tragedy to that, is the, the females in the youth group that I work with are still disempowered in that setting. Mm. So when the, boy, the teenage lads are bantering like that, they're not just doing it in front of boys, they're doing it in front of boys and girls. Right, yeah. And so everybody is being told, this is how men function, this is how yeah. men talk to each other. Actually, if men talk to women like this, ah, it's because they like them, and because they love them, yeah. and so it adds to this wider thing. So actually, you are kind of nipping that at the bud, aren't you? Actually, you're, you're challenging power at the root cause, which will be beneficial for men and for women. I think, I, I think that's. I think you're brave, Marta. I think you're brilliantly brave and courageous because, as a woman who wants to empower teenage girls, I want to smash the patriarchy. And the answer to the patriarchy is not feminism; it's Jesus. But as a framework to understand the patriarchy, feminism is a really helpful one. Mm. And I think that's what you're doing with your book. The answer to toxic masculinity is not just another book on masculinity; it's Jesus. Well, but actually, a book that unpack puts him at the heart of it. So that's the is point. Beautiful. So it? that's
0: the point. Yeah. So, so when I sat down to write a chapter on positive friendship, then the obvious place to go was. Jesus as friend, but also to look what does Jesus call his um, you know followers to love one another. His, that's his serious command to a group of guys. Love one another, and there are women around as well, of course. But he, he comes to love. So then, what I end up doing in the chapter is looking at what Paul says about love, and uh, I think it's quite an uncomfortable read. Actually, I've had a few people sit and read it and go, "Gosh, that's that's been uncomfortable to read," because we we sort of misapply. Love is patient. Love is kind. And the rest of, of one Corinthians thirteen to uh, to the to, to the marriage, marriage. Yeah. Um, but I think it's broader than just yeah. marriage. Yeah. And uh, and so I apply it to male friendship, and uh, and so yeah, there is lots wow. of theology because there there has to be because wow. because what other solution can we find to these wow. problems? Yeah.
1: So you've written this book. It is out on what's the date that this is out?
0: Uh, it's out on the eighteenth of July.
1: Fantastic, and people can get it as a as a as a hard copy.
0: Yes. No, it's not hardback, though. Not hardback. I saw yours. as <laughs> Yours came out in hardback and is now coming out in paperback. <laughs> Mine is just a paperback.
1: But that is fantastic. So I'm not bitter you...
0: about that. I'm not <laughs> bitter about the fact that your name is so big on the front cover. <laughs> Either.
1: I'd quite work with your publishers. But it is, it is an extraordinary book and it is a really timely book. And I think... I I, uh, I want to say this without sounding a little bit like, oh, it's, we're on a podcast again and I love you. But but I, I think... I can't think of anybody better to write this book genuinely because i think you are so well known martin for being incredibly um authentic you've got real integrity you practice what you preach in running the youth national youth ministry weekends you're so conscious of intersectionality about making sure that men and women have equal voices and about you know what are the some of the things that keep people's voices that whose voices don't we hear so i think In your hands, this book that could potentially have gone completely awry actually is incredibly safe. And I want to really encourage youth workers, parents, student workers, church leaders, get hold of a copy for your 20-somethings and older and your teenagers. And also read a copy yourself, because I think as I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't, I had not even thought about that as an issue for the guys. I'm so conscious of things that girls face. So I, I really want to encourage you guys to get hold of a copy and read it. Martin, what would be both the worst outcome yeah. for this and the best? So let's go worst first. What's the worst this, case scenario? The worst case scenario, this book is about to launch. Oh. What's the worst case scenario? Because you've you, you put some deeply personal stuff in Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, there is some. <laughs> you've laid it on the line. Yeah. You've your colours to the mass in terms of just writing a book for, for boys anyway. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen?
0: Well, I think, you know, the worst thing that could happen is that no one ever reads it through some sort of awful printing error. But um, but after that, <laughs> I love uh, that your After that, um, you know, actually, by trying to take that middle ground in this culture, people just say this isn't. You know, everybody kind of says this isn't for me. That would probably be my. That's my nightmare. That's the thing that I worry about: is that is that people will be uncomfortable with someone trying to define a middle ground. Now, having said that, my son, who is 13, and in a way, for whom the book was written, mm. has read it and very much enjoyed it. Mm. And so in a sense, the worst case scenario was that he wouldn't connect with it. Oh, um, wow. And so, because it, because it's good, it's a little bit like, I've I identified a little bit with that guy who wrote The Shack for his, his grandchildren, yeah. you know. Uh, in a sense, a lot of people hated The Shack, but he didn't care because his grandchildren Really loved it and got close yeah. to God through reading it. There's and, uh, a
1: purity in that, I think. Which yeah, lovely, and I yeah. think
0: so. For me, if the if the young people in my youth group read it and you know and enjoy it and get something out of it and are able because it's a book and it's a slightly different medium to mm-hmm. some sometimes what they the, the way they're used to receiving information about faith uh, because they're probably most of the guys in my youth group don't read a lot of books on faith because mm-hmm. there aren't many books on faith aimed at them. So you know what I would hope is that they would get something um, profound out of it now the, the the really ambitious thing about the book is that, um, that there's several layers to it so the first layer is trying to say what does it mean to be a uh, have an identity and discover your purpose as a man and then there's a layer on top of that which is um, uh, these kind of what does it mean in lifestyle situations and in issues how does money look how does friendship look how does sex look how do i call them itches but Mm. um but really i'm talking about porn and other temptations how does all that look as a man that's the next layer i'm hoping those two layers work the the layer on top is that it's an evangelistic book Mm. and so the book is intended and i and i there's lots of asides in the book i should probably mention that there's an awful lot of asides um where i kind of drag off from the main uh, thread to kind of make a a little quip or, or comment, but there's an awful lot in there that says, I understand you may be reading this as a non-Christian, stick with it. Mm. Uh, and, and to be honest, there is a, a definite attempt to to make the case for Christian faith through the book, because my hope was that this this might be the sort of book that someone would buy for a son or a grandson or a brother or a friend who um, is interested in what it means to be a man and will be interested in, in a take on that but isn't necessarily a Christian, and could find in it actually a a compelling argument from a normal sounding and reasonable human being um, uh, to to, to why Christian faith makes sense. So the absolute dream is that some people find Christian faith uh, through uh, reading the book. Now I heard a story the other day, not to embarrass you, of of a young woman who had read The Girl Deconstruction Project, and it had been instrumental in her decision to become a Christian, Fantastic. and that's amazing. And I, I, I told you that before, yes. which is which yes. is why your reaction is understated. Yes. But um, but but you know, you yeah. were like absolutely, yeah. I was, you know, over delighted. Yeah, by yeah, that. Yeah, 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 And I think the same thing would be true for me. Yeah. So, so I, I really hope this helps broadly. Yeah. lots of guys. But if one or two young men find faith as a result of it, yeah. then, then my goodness, that that awesome. it was definitely worth every moment of, uh, of self-doubt.
1: Thank you for writing this book. Thank you. It is brilliant. So this is Martin's book, The Man You're Made to Be. It's produced by SPCK. You can get it from all good bookshops online. What, what is the best way for, you, for people to buy the book? Well, what I would, would love say? it
0: if people would order it from Youthscape. Brilliant. Because, because if they the do computer. that, then some money goes into our yes uh, I'll work
1: now if they order it through you are you going to put your hand over the book and like just pray over it and can we can we promise some, some like some stuff like that
0: yeah if but you I, get it through us do you know, do you
1: know what, yeah do you
0: know what, I'm I, I'm, um, I'm terrible Absolutely terrible at promotion. Okay. Terrible at promotion. Right. Oh, okay. terrible well, at promotion. so you, you have like forced me. Can we just say you yes. forced me to do? Yeah, I did. This I, yeah,
1: actually, I did. I absolutely forced Martin that one of our podcasts had to be on this. And and but you know what? He's he's made it so impossible. He's like, I've got a train at a certain time. Like he's totally sabotaged this entirely. Yeah. But you can get it but through viewscape.co.uk. Yeah. So, .co do UK. get honestly, I cannot tell you the number of times teenage lads say to me, Where's the book for guys? and they're quite sheepish saying, I'm like, I'm not going to write it, I'm a woman. So, please get it reading and pass it on and get loads of. Copies.
0: There's a forward by you, it's quite, There's a
1: forward by me. It's quite bitter,
0: the forward. It
1: is bitter, it's quite bitter. You're I, like, <laughs> I should have written this, I should have written it. It should have been me. Flipping it, just swap boy for girl, I could have written it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not really, girl for It's awesome. Martin, thank you for writing it. You are amazing. And you can now toddle back off to whatever you're doing. And I'm going to go back to my co-host in the studio.
0: The uh,
1: youth escape Podcast. So, Martin, what I love about that interview is that it's you and me. And this now segment is going to be, again, you and me.
0: Yeah. yeah, The thing (laughs) I love about that interview is that it's over. Uh, Yeah.
1: So, right, so that's out of the way. But it is a good book. So, it is a good book. And the seminar that we have just led together... Oh, yeah. ...Hats on the Madness is is really an important one. Because, actually, what you and I are both very passionate about, increasingly so, is... um, how do we help young people navigate stereotypes about yeah. what does it mean to be male or female and just handle maleness and femaleness? And we say in the seminar, I'm going to say it again here, the conversation around transgender and non-binary is such an important conversation. But I think for this podcast, we're not the people that are going to be speaking about that. No. This is more broadly about gender and how young people engage with the stereotypes and culture around maleness and femaleness and, and how we can help with that.
0: Okay, so we promised a funny story. I'm going to get to it at the end. (laughs) We're not not going there yet. So I thought it would be interesting for us, if not for the listener, to debrief a little bit what it was like talking to a group of teenagers. I think we probably had about 150 young people in the room earlier and we were talking uh, to uh, mainly Christian kids here in Northern Ireland. About gender stereotypes inside and outside the church, the pressures that they're being asked to conform to, and what kind of how on earth you you find Jesus in the midst mm. of all that stuff. And so, my I don't know what your interesting reflections on that experience might be, but what I found fascinating was um, when we asked them for feedback, the girls were still very much articulating that they they feel this pressure very very acutely. Uh, not only were they saying things like, oh, I, I don't feel comfortable playing sport because the boys are like, why aren't you wearing any makeup? Mm-hmm. So that came up. Mm. Even in the advent of, you know, even with the advent of, of all this kind of um, publicity around uh, women's football, football yeah. women's cricket um, uh, and all that good stuff that's happened, still teenage girls feel yeah. like that. But also, the, probably the low point for me was, was a girl talking about how at church yeah. there's loads of women gifted women who who want to serve want to speak but they just never get the chance and that you. was
1: her phrase they're yeah. never asked they're never given the opportunity and this is
0: she must have been 15 yeah. 16 and she feels that so let's never never ever fall into the trap of thinking our oh, work is done here yeah, because absolutely. we still have churches yeah with teenagers in i wouldn't mind if it was the ones that were dying yeah. but it's the ones where they're, they're there's dying. life yeah. there's young people there could be growth and they're still saying to a fifteen, sixteen-year-old girl, "No, there's no no space, there's no, no space for you here."
1: It was interesting because I I also was really moved at the maturity and the winsomeness of how they shared this stuff. So it's a, it's a tent of hundred and fifty teenagers. So that's quite. You're quite vulnerable if you speak up in that crowd, even though it's like Christian peers and the rest of it. But I felt that every comment that was brought, there was no bitterness or angst. It was no. not that they were like going, "Oh great, here's my chance to like suck it to the church." It was, it was a genuine sadness. And I, even as because Martin and I share these sort of stero- these kind of stereotypes in culture and then in church around maleness and femaleness, and even as we were sharing it, I did have that moment of. Here we both are, much older adults with many, many years' experience under our belt to read culture in a certain way. Is this what they're experiencing, or am I reading onto them mm. how I might feel if I was mm. 15? But that feedback made me think, oh no, that that no, this really is. Like they're battling this, they're constantly caught in these two worlds of yeah. culture where they think I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to buy into that cultural idea about mm-hmm. feminism, but also church, where I can't be anything that God's yeah, called me to be. Yeah. And then the guys, like the heartbreaking story of the guys sharing about emotions and not sure they can be. You
0: can't talk about, about
1: it. that. And then one lovely lad saying, actually, for him, from an atheist family background, joining the church actually gave him a liberating idea of what yeah. it means to matter. So there was some powerful stuff there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So so, so lots of encouraging stuff. Yeah. And and but but you know this this really is a live issue for young yeah. people they really do they feel it they they feel it as a keen issue of injustice mm. for them and uh, and so please please don't don't write it mm. off don't think we've solved the problems don't think we're overstating mm. them this mm. is very very real for young people
1: mm, absolutely and it was also very real for you a little bit later wasn't yeah. it because i think the the sense of uncomfortableness that oh. we managed to navigate really well with young oh, people.
0: It's excruciating.
1: Somehow we managed. There was just a moment where there was like a space around us of like. Ooh! No, it was fun actually. I and actually I have to say Martin was amazing because actually there'd be some guys that would not be able to sit there and do what you did. But anyway, tell us the story. Set it up. It doesn't involve nudity. You're fine. I,
0: I definitely did. There was get no n- naked, nudity. No. There were a lot of teenagers. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so here's the thing. Genuinely, I hate self-promotion. I know. Self-promotion. You do. I know you do. I hate I it, know you do. and it's and I go too far. Like it's not it's not false humility. I just I go too far. It's like I'm um, thrashing myself mm. over the back with mm, a with with something like a puritan, and, and I've got to get over myself. But they asked me to do a book signing. Mm. I've done a number of books, as we've discussed in the past, and we're not going to return to any of them now. But uh, but but I've managed to get through all those books without ever having to sign them. Seriously? A book. I've really? never signed a book. Oh. Oh. And I've always said to people, no, no thanks, I don't, I don't, I don't like, so like the idea well. of signing books. No, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Don't like the sort of people who do it. Sorry, <laughs> Rachel, no offence. Uh, I, I love signing I books. Don't, I don't <laughs> like signing books. And again, it was a little bit, you know, maybe it was false modesty. I don't know what, why. what. I need to get over myself, frankly. Um, but I'd managed to get all this way without, without um, yeah. signing a book. And then the bookshop said, look, we've had your book. De- um, especially yeah, special delivered yeah. from the yeah. factory. So I'd never even seen a copy no. until today, um, and so um, so I felt like I couldn't say no. Well, you
1: couldn't, and I was not letting you say no either. I actually was sitting you down, pen in your hand, forcing you to sit in that space and then wait.
0: Yeah, and, and then what happened, wait. Rachel? And then what happened? A queue of girls appeared with copies of the Girl Deconstruction Project at my book signing. <laughs> Would you and like I to come and have your Martin book signed? I didn't let leave.
1: I made him sit next. to me. <laughs> As girls,
0: <laughs> more and, and more girls. That one
1: girl, I was like can you just go and ask him to sign your
0: book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. You love. actually he asked so a girl. Funny. I did ask her. If I could sign her book now, too. Now I've
1: signed your book. Can you just go and ask this guy next to me? Yeah, that one there that sat there looking at me. He
0: literally no idea <laughs> who I was. She now has a beautiful signature on her book. On her book. It was just so and then funny. And then underneath oh. it says, I'm sorry for <laughs> ruining your book, Martin. I,
1: was, I just love the fact that you stayed there and you didn't leave. And I just thought that was really wonderful. The funny thing was, nobody else found that particularly funny. I just thought it was... I don't you know. thought
0: it was great. <laughs> you were loving it. It's good much. for me, Rachel. It's oh, good for me. Oh, it's it.
1: But then a queue of guys did appear because actually they buy books a little bit slower and they did appear. And actually yeah. you had some very significant
0: conversations. had some lovely conversations. Actually, I actually had a conversation with a, a young lad who, yeah. who was just, he was asking me what yeah. had happened. He has had the call to youth ministry. Oh, he had had a really significant experience doing? today oh, wow. at the front. Unbelievably, when oh. you were speaking. Oh, wow. I, I mean, of all oh, the wow. things. Good. And, uh, and, and God has called oh, them to youth ministry. Good. So he was asking kind of you Quite know
1: deep questions about that. Deep good questions. well there you go that's the thing so cool things, if you man. are
0: a bible college I'm open to a bribe now <laughs> and I could recommend you you
1: can sit at empty tables and sign books that was a joke that was a person. joke no that is
0: awesome
1: but I think I mean just thinking now the youth workers listening to this because
0: they've got <laughs> nothing so far at least. <laughs>
1: because actually, you know, we we joke and laugh about, you know, being older and all the rest of it, but actually these these stereotypes, these issues that we're talking about with young people, part of the trouble is that we're still wrestling with this stuff now, Mm. isn't it? Like, Mm. we... We're still trying to work out how do we live out our gender? How do, we, how do we serve and lead? Because often for many of us, we might be in church settings where we might be noticing the stuff that's going on, but other adults are not yeah. resonating with it. Or they're saying, you're just making a fuss. Like, yeah. of course the girls can do lots of stuff. Like, so-and-so plays a recorder in the band. What are you talking about? Yeah. So it's actually how do we take it one step further and really agitate for change um, is, is really powerful. Is really yeah. powerful.
0: And the answer is not giving up like not relenting not ever believing that the that this is this is over because it's not because we're talking about thousands of years of of male-dominated culture uh you know i was i shared this earlier on but i'm I'm slightly obsessed with this verse in the bible at the moment um where jesus uh is resurrected Mm. and he appears first to the women Mm. and uh and the women become the bearers of the greatest piece of news in history and, uh, and they go to the men and the Bible actually says their words appeared to the men to be like nonsense. And it didn't say the words were nonsense. It just said that the men heard it as nonsense because they had such a cultural mm. guard up. They had such a filter. They just couldn't hear women. Yeah. And we are still dealing with unpicking centuries and centuries mm. of of chauvinism and patriarchy and all these things that are deeply uncomfortable with us but I think guys we just have to like, like I this doesn't annoy me mm. this doesn't annoy me as a man I'm like mm. this is a fact like this this is an injustice mm. like climate injustice this is an injustice mm. like racial injustice is poverty you know let's just let's just deal yeah, with it let's, let's just about it. let's do something about it yeah. yes. so um, I don't think we have to like put our defences up and go yeah. oh the, the feminists are getting yeah. us again you yeah. don't need to do that just yeah. say yeah I agree let's, let's sort it out
1: yeah there was a beautiful moment in the seminar where and again I was think I was in two minds before we did it because obviously I'm really conscious there are young people in in a setting like that for whom male, female, that binary they're struggling with. And yeah. so we want to be really kind of mindful of that and not to add to young people feeling there's no space for them. But at the same time, I'm really passionate that gender is not a bad construct what we yeah. do with gender can be incredibly toxic and dangerous and sinful like everything else but the maleness and femaleness that god created is something powerful and beautiful and bigger about that broader than, broader yeah, yeah, yeah. than we have so there's a lovely moment where we just said you know guys do you want to get to your feet and um girls we're gonna pray for the guys and and, we, and that i felt really choked leading that bit because mm. i thought actually they've these lads have just said We've got emotions, you know. We need to be able to find ways to healthily show them, and and actually, church is a place where I can discover I haven't got to be alpha male to be accepted. And I just thought. I... Actually, I, I really want this generation of young women to be, be real champions of healthy masculinity and mm. really call it out mm. of the men. And, and that when the, peer, the boys in their lives, the men in their lives show up in that countercultural way, that the women in their lives go, Yes, not, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's trying on something a bit different. Look at him with his feminist angst on yeah, you. No, actually, yeah. we really encourage, because it's a radical young ma- male that chooses just to live out who he is. If it's not alpha male, Hypersexualized, and then there was a flip thing you were praying for the girls. And I did also think, as we asked the girls to stand, I was thinking, Do we ask the girls to stand because the boys are sat down? And so we're asking the girls to stand up, so basically, we're making them more visible, and that's exposing for girls, and that's all part of the problem they've been in. But then you think, Well, actually, surely in the church, we've got to find ways to. To do that, yeah. to not shy away from yeah. difference. Um, so it was a beautiful moment. Yeah,
0: it was fun. So we had fun.
1: Yes, we in, did. In Northern Ireland, oh,
0: by the sea. And uh, and I hope that hasn't been, uh, you know, to one note a podcast. I think these are really important things. And we'd love to hear what yeah. you think about this stuff. You know, you can email us anytime, podcast at youthscape.co.uk drop us a line on Twitter or um, or, or carry a pigeon or anything yeah. else you like Should we do some special Northern Irish shout outs yes we
1: should do some special Northern Irish shout outs you, out do something.
0: you have special Northern Irish friends that you'd like to I did. Well, shout Keith out to Keith Neal
1: actually is not in Northern Ireland anymore he's now a youth pastor over in the States but Keith Neal is him and his wife The people I used to stay with all the time lovely Jennifer Neal she has a name she's not just wife um, and the youth ministry they were developing in Lisbon Cathedral was just extraordinary really innovative and worked with hundreds of young people so to you guys and to your wonderful legacy I know that there are people keeping that going and developing new stuff so Jennifer and Keith Neal
0: I'm going to do a shout out to Graham at uh, the Presbyterian Church of Ireland who has been involved in ministry with young people for about Oh, about as long as John oh, Key about 108 years and it was great to see him earlier on um, also um, uh, I, I think we should probably do uh, uh, another little recognition of John Key because yes. we love you yes you are amazing and, nice and we want to say thank you for everything that you do yes um, and uh, and there's some great people involved uh, in the vineyard movement in this country mm. I bumped into a couple of people today Trey Shepherd, yes uh, and, and other brilliant people yes. so um, so hello yes you, you know you probably don't listen to the Uscape podcast yes. And if somehow you dead. come across Bethany
1: this 24-7 prayer yeah, yes absolutely. hello we love you Jasper Andy Rutherford Jasper Rutherford Simon Henry let the list go
0: on the list goes on that's it yes. for another edition of the Escape Podcast we
1: love you guys we'll be back in Luton not by the sea not in a nice B and uh, B. Trace Shepherd's just walked oh, in the room. Re- right, I'm going to hey, record him. He's our check. next interview. We just did a name check. Just a name check. Does that work with You're everybody? On our podcast.
0: Oh, we're podcasting. <laughs> Sorry, that's really weird. Uh, how are you? Was it's so it good now? to see you. <laughs> I can't believe we're here at the same time. That's I brilliant.
1: know, and this is your country, isn't it? This, this is, is your coast. This is where I live. This is your. Like. This if is we shout name.
0: out other people's names, will Do they, they come appear? out?
1: Okay. All right. Let's try it. Beyonce. Be- Be- Beyonce, are you here? Start with Beyonce. This is but...
0: brilliant. I was me, then Beyonce. <laughs> That's the order.
1: I, I That's had the, had the list. I,
0: um. Uh, but uh, uh, oh, I've lost my thread. Rachel? No, it's great. Rachel?